Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. Are you ready to take your life to the most incredible level possible in 2016? Well, we've had three sold-out wellness summits these last few years, but honestly, nothing comes close to the wellness breakthrough, and we have just three spots remaining. Your favorite wellness couch experts, the wellness guys, Karen Smith, Kim Morrison, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witten, Marcus Pierce, and of course, Carl Brock are gathering in the Dandenong Ranges for three days and two nights for one incredible event. If you want possibly the greatest peer group in health and wellness to help you catapult your life to the next level, then we'd love to see you at the Wellness Breakthrough from February 5th to the 7th. But again, there's only three spots available. Entry to the breakthrough is by application only, and to apply, simply email your contact details to marcus at thewellnesscouch.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by two people who I know very, very well, who know me very, very well, and who have their own unique paleo journey of sorts to share with us. So welcome to the show, Kay Hill and Chris Hill. Thank you. <laughs> Hi there, Brett. So this is, as you probably guessed, this is my mum and dad coming to join us on the show. So I thought it might be fun to get them on board. It's been a couple of years of the show now, just to have a bit of a chat about about me and about what I was like and about the journey I've been on. And then also on a, a chat about the journey that they've been on as well. So let's start, let's start with me, your know, favourite topic. Let's talk about me. So what was I like growing up, Mum? What were you like growing up? Um, you were a fairly easy child, fairly <laughs> quiet, believe it or not. Um, fairly was, independent? Yes, probably independent as well. Um, as a child, you probably did suffer a bit with asthma, which we went off to the doctors and tried to sort out what was going on because they kept putting you on antibiotics and wanted to put you on Ventolin, and I was told that if you weren't on this ventolin, you'd go on camp one time and you might actually die. So <laughs> I went home and told Dad and he just wouldn't have it. So Cracked it. <laughs> maybe you could say what you thought well, Dad, about Dad, you were never a big fan of doctors or medicines growing up, as I remember. So yeah. what were your thoughts around that at the time? Well, I actually told a doctor that I thought ventolin inhalers were a load of, for want of a better term, crap. <laughs> <laughs> that um, all I did was weaken the immune system, and I think in this day and age I've been proved more correct. All right, so those people listening who know that I kind of like to challenge the status quo sometimes have probably got a little bit of a glimpse of where it may have come from growing up. (laughs) So what about when I started sort of, you know, pursuing my career, I guess? I mean, obviously, you know, going through school, you know, I did reasonably well at school, Um, and I know, you know, some people, particularly some of our relatives, who were surprised that I was choosing to go down what was seen at the time was to be more of an alternative route, to be not doing perhaps medicine or something along those lines. So what were your first thoughts, Mum, when I decided I was going to be a chiropractor? Well, I didn't really know what chiropractor was <laughs> to start with, um, even though we had some nieces that were already studying it. Uh, I decided to come on to university with Brett and listen to Charles do a talk. And he was very, very passionate. And I realised that then that the Kairos in the olden days were given a really hard time. I began to think after listening to Charles that Brett was involved with the Holy Roller because he was so passionate and so anti 
doctors in general. But then I realised as time went on that um, slowly it's changing and I think the doctors are coming around a lot more to what chiropractors can do for the average person. What were your thoughts, Deb? Um, what was the question? <laughs> what, what were your thoughts when I when I first started thinking I might like to be a chiropractor and decided that was the career to pursue? Um, it's hard to really pinpoint, really, because you grow up just accepting foods for what they are and, and not really looking into lifestyles or, or anything. And so I didn't have a great deal of thought as to what chiropractic really was, or healthy eating for that matter, so... <laughs> Well, um, what was your style of healthy eating at that time? Pretty much anything that came <laughs> along. You just accepted it and, and took it for granted that what was out there was out there and uh, you just ate it yeah. um, without question, really. So uh, and things have changed a lot. And I guess we were pretty conscious of that sort of stuff. I mean, growing up, you know, I, I feel like I was pretty lucky growing up that, you know, we always had dinner at the table. You know, we always had home-cooked meals. And so... You know, a pretty staple, I, I feel like, from my memory of growing up, was pretty staple on our table was really meat and three veg, was probably what we ate most commonly. Is that a fair assumption, though, or am I generalising? Well, well, I think both our parents were from the country, and so they grew their own veggies and stuff like that. So, basically, meat and three veg was pretty well the standard that what we actually ate. And Friday night was treat night, either a pizza or, or um, fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> And I do remember Treat Light fondly. I remember going to, uh, not Don Giovanni's, was it Don Giovanni's? No, it was uh, El Dorado Pizza Bar. I used to go to just about every Friday night. I remember going there and I I did like my pizza in those days. I still like my pizza. I just do it a little bit differently nowadays. That's right. And so that obviously then was a bit of a shift. So when I started obviously not just doing chiropractic, but then changing the way I was eating and what I was doing in that regard, what were your thoughts then at that stage, Dad? Well, just going back a, a peg, you didn't grow up eating a lot of um, packet potato chips or cheesels or water, anything else that was on the go in those days. Um, we sort of restricted you to vegetables and, and such. So, um, yeah, we didn't have a problem with that at all. Yeah. I think, I think where I was concerned, I was eating a lot of, which I thought was the right thing to do. I was, I'd started eating a lot of f- low fat everything mm. and thought that was the go and when you're telling me to start eating fats I thought where's this coming from how <laughs> am I ever going to manage that because through advertising it was so ingrained into my thoughts that that was the right way so it was it was quite a shift moving over to moving away from eating bread and moving away from low-fat yogurt and dairy well, as such but I guess you guys were probably quite unique I, I remember growing up you know, you guys had quite a clear idea that what we ate as kids was going to be having an impact on our behaviour, on our energy levels, on our, you know, performance. And, and you know, back then, that wasn't a commonly held thought or belief. You know, I think that's a lot strong, more strongly held now. But you guys were pretty on. I mean, we really never had lollies in our house. And you would tell us that because that was, you know, we would get hyper and we would you know, not behave as well and not do as well when we ate Rotten that sort teeth. of stuff. So well, what made you guys... You know, start thinking that way. Well, I think it came back to the kindergarten teacher, uh, Lady George, who Leon was pretty hyperactive, pretty out there. Which is my brother. Yes, sorry. Uh, Brett's oldest brother. And um, she just said, had we ever considered his diet? And 
would we think about keeping off keeping off red flavouring and chocolate and all that? So we were fairly firm at that. So they didn't eat a lot of it, but then we decided, well, okay, for Leon's sake, let's all try and do it as a family, which we did. Yeah, mm. yeah, and it did help. It did help when he when he did have the colouring and the additives that did make him a bit buzzy. So yeah, we moved on. And I, to and that I think way. for me, sort of growing up and seeing that difference, like it was noticeable I think and my memory of that is that it was quite noticeable that there was definitely a difference and that really made me think well you know it you know, what we eat does impact and, and I think that sort of led me to later on ask a lot more questions and stuff as well which is great so obviously dad at that time you were a cabinet maker yep. you had your own workshop and uh, my, my fond memories <laughs> of going in and helping dad in his workshop because the food in there would tend to be a little bit different to what was <laughs> being served up at home so you know Soft drink was a big one for you. How much soft drink were you drinking back in those days? Well, when I was an apprentice, I was probably drinking 12 Cokes a day. <laughs> I was probably just about sponsored by Coca-Cola <laughs> um, and had a, a very bad rotten tooth to, to prove it to everyone what Coca-Cola could do to you. Yeah. But uh, I, I ate um, chocolate donuts and uh, that sort of thing. Pies, uh, um, Pretty fond of a bag of mixed lollies, my memory. So it's great. Mm, not so much mixed lollies, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was that <laughs> mum, was it? Oh, <laughs> that she's dominating herself in over there. That was me. I loved my lollies. But you're also pretty big on your coffee. And the, yes. su- and, and the sugar that went with the coffee. How many teaspoons of sugar were you having in your coffee at that stage? Um, probably about the same as I'm having at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I can remember watching, one. Yeah, I can remember watching you teaspoon sugar into your coffee and just being, even before I think I started eating healthy, just being horrified at how much sugar was going in there. Most people are horrified. Well, that, just, that was the reverse psychology I used to get you. <laughs> well, it just blew me away. And probably a big change for you, I think, Dad, was um, you know you started suffering from quite bad reflux. Can we talk about that a bit? Well, it started over when we were in Port Lincoln, I think that. Mm. Uh, um, we were enjoying red wine at that stage, not 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 excessively, but uh, and and coffee probably excessively. Um, but um, I had really bad reflux that my doctor in Portland, and I won't name him, but uh, he was only a forty-two-year-old young, healthy, fit-looking doctor that said that I could go on Zoton tablets, I think they were called, and um, I could eat and drink whatever I liked, to which I told him that um, I didn't believe that was true, that it had to have some adverse effect. And I found out when I cut my coffee, pizzas, chocolate, Coke, um, (laughs) all those sorts of things down, that the reflux went away. And uh, unfortunately, my poor, young, fit, healthy doctor died of a heart attack at 42. Um, So that was... Fairly mind blowing to yeah to uh, pick up on that. Well, and and my recollection of that was I remember you know having conversations with you around that and your reflux and you know how it might be related to diet and all those sort of things and not necessarily getting a overwhelmingly positive response to make change. True, <laughs> but but I remember that having had that conversation with the doctor where he said, well, you know you're going to have to take this drug every day of your life for the rest of your life. You know, I often say to people, actually, and I've used this a number of times in talks, Dad, I hope you don't mind, I often say to people that, you know, I, th- I think it was fortunate that the only thing my dad was more sceptical of than chiropractors was big pharmaceutical companies. Yep. <laughs> and so that was something, I think, for you that was a turning moment that made you think, well, hang on, 
maybe there is another way. And I, and I can distinctly remember getting a phone call from you kind of saying, well, okay, this is what the doctor said. <laughs> what was all that stuff you said before? Maybe I'll give it a go. And, and my, my recollection was, yeah, it was just changing the alcohol, cutting back on the alcohol a bit, the pizzas, the spicy foods, the coffee, um, and going and get, starting to get some regular chiropractic care, which yep, sure. I think once again, up until that time, had been something you were pretty skeptical of. So what was your experience of starting to go see the chiro? Well, to be quite honest, um, in, in a funny sort of way, I am still skeptical <laughs> of chiro, but I think it's a, it's a mind thing where the more you, you go and it makes you think about it more, and that in itself helps you to think about what you're eating, what your lifestyle is like. And, and I think that was my biggest journey was that you get your head around um, what you're doing to your body. Mm. So uh, I think that more than, than lying on the bed getting adjusted, to me was the, the mind side of it that, that gets you on the path of healthier eating. Mm. And I think it snowballs from there that you just keep on going with it. And so I know for you, Mum, you, you sort of started chiropractic a little bit before Dad, mm-hmm. and you'd already had some results that you'd noticed around that in terms of circulation, but I think also in terms of, I guess, the mental side of it was something you really noticed from, from starting to see a chiropractor as well. When I was in Port Lincoln, I had a bit of Reynolds in my hands, and once I started having chiropractic, that just improved my circulation, and that really I haven't had since I've been having chiropractic. And when Chris's mother passed away, I just thought, I think I need to go and have an adjustment so I can cope with this. And it was just amazing. I just felt so much better that I was able to deal with what was going on all around us. And it just really helped. So, yeah, I think for the mind and and your body being able to function a lot better through your chiropractic with your nervous system functioning better was just brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And I I guess in those days you really didn't know either a lot about chiropractic you no. know it's still relatively new to you and, and I just, since yeah I felt the benefit so it just sort of hit me that oh that's what I need to do I need to go and have an extra adjustment and just keep everything flowing better for me yeah and I guess since then you've joined me in the practice and been working right. with me in the practice for mm-hmm. now I'm not sure six seven years something like that something I think like that you've put up and, with me um, which is amazing and obviously seen a lot more and learnt a lot more along the way and, and I guess once you sort of learn the, the the science behind it and how it works and why it works then then those sort of results become less surprising don't they you sort of you see that sort of stuff all the time well you get a bit spoiled when you're in the practice because you actually get to see what the customers or practice members are actually achieving for themselves some people come in feeling quite unwell and in the end they've changed their jobs they've changed their lifestyle they've changed their eating habits to great improvement and when you actually physically see it, just fixes you. You just yeah. go, that's that's so good and they're just getting so much benefit that's from it. Kind of the proof in the pudding at the end of the day, isn't it? It is. It is. Actually seeing them really enjoying their life more, being yeah. able to do what that, they wanted to do. I think that's adjusting their mindsets though as well, you know. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I think it all plays yeah, a part, doesn't it? It makes yeah. us all think about it more. Mm. Well, you know, I've seen numerous people that have come in and they've actually changed their jobs and decided that they needed to do something a little less stressful and so that their body was able to cope with what was going on and just becoming aware of their body so much more through their chiropractic that they've decided something has to change and they change it. Mm. And that's amazing, really. And so I guess coming back to some of the food stuff, Mum, you've obviously made big changes in terms of your food and the way you cook and you've obviously... You know, you've well, not obviously, but you've always been predominantly the cook in the household. Yeah, I 
thought I was eating really healthily before, but it's been a really slow journey for me over six years. I didn't change immediately. It's really been one step at a time. Probably the largest one for me was giving up bread, which probably took about two years or three years maybe. And now I have no desire really to have bread, except if I'm out and at a function and I really think I might like to have a bit of sourdough, I do. But um, it doesn't really do a lot for me. And I'm finding as time goes on that you lose um, taste for things that are sweet. And now when I have something sweet, about half an hour later, I go, oh, my God, why did I do that? I can really feel it. And I think the healthier you become, you become really aware of how food makes you feel in your body. And it's just really interesting that further down the track, I've moved away from eating a lot of noodles. I used to do a lot of stir fries to doing stir fries without the noodles, got away from the bread, moved away from the low fat. So it's really been a, a very slow process. It wasn't something I, I tried doing it quickly. That didn't mm-hmm. work. <laughs> yeah. So it's just was removing one thing at a time to where I am now. Probably still 80-20. I still like a glass of wine occasionally. And I do like a piece of cake every now and again. But I try and choose gluten free, but even that now I'm finding is way too sweet. Yeah, it's and interesting. It's really how it annoying me actually <laughs> <laughs> that my taste buds are changing. And I go away and I say, Dad, oh, why did I do that? Oh. So, so there are probably lots of people out there, and, and you know, a lot of our listeners for the show are female, um, and many of those do have husbands or partners or sons and daughters who they'd like to sort of follow them on this change. So, how did you go with Dad? What tips have you got for people? Keep working on them. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the greatest things, though, is being able to pass it on to the grandkids as well, um, that, to realise just how much healthier they are and how much healthier they're eating compared to so many kids that you see coming out of shopping centres with trolleys full of Coke and chips and, chips and mm. junk food. Um, that's the scary part of the whole Journey. I think a big shift for us was moving away from the supermarket. We go to the market on mm. Saturday mornings and we don't have a great need to go to the supermarket. Now I wonder what on earth I filled that trolley up with <laughs> every week because we just go home with our meat. Fresh veggies. Yeah, and our treats are like we bought $8 worth of cherries um, yesterday and they're gone Nuts. today. Mm. <laughs> and I kind of think, well, they're our biscuits now. Where mm. We used to buy biscuits every week. Yeah, a few years ago, whereas uh, my brothers came to town a little while back and I thought, I'm not even going to buy biscuits down mm-hmm. in the house because then I've got to get rid of them. And I actually bought, just made them a paleo uh, slice, which they both enjoyed, and to my surprise, actually wrote down the recipes. That really <laughs> blew me away. They loved it so much. So, yeah, cool. that's how far we've moved. Starting to pass it around, aren't we? But- you know, I think like you said that the kids are a massive motivation, aren't they? I mean, and, and it's funny how you'll be, we'll be so much more motivated to, to go that extra mile, to put in that little bit extra effort to, to make sure we get the right food for the kids than perhaps we should be, or perhaps that we are for ourselves, that, that we can manage to find that extra yeah. bit of motivation sometimes, I think, that, that isn't there. So why do you reckon that is? Well, all I can think of it, it's needed when you look out there and see people walking around you that it's just a, it needs and has to be a massive turnaround in in buying habits. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's scary really. looking the way Australia is going. We, the, we've just had a big bout of hot weather and I just 
juiced up a bit of mango and coconut water and threw some blueberries in it and threw yeah. it in some little icicle things. And the kids thought it was fabulous, whereas years mm. ago it would have been, let's give them a biscuit or let's get an ice cream. Thick or, shake or yeah. some sort of thing. So, and and they were as happy as bumblebees. They yeah. thought it was great. Well, and, so, and I guess for them that's incredibly sweet because they're not. Yes. You know, for them that's something very sweet. Yeah. Whereas perhaps if they had different taste buds, then that mm. might but, not be the case as well. Yeah, but, but the, you know the colours there they're looking for, the taste is there. Got yeah. a big fancy straw in it for them, and uh, yeah, they're you know, ready to go. They love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I must say from from my perspective, um, you know, I'm I'm really proud of you too. Um, oh, for for the changes you've made and the, and the way you do do it and the way you eat, but particularly for the way that you raise my kids, you know mm. that, that I I can know that my kids are coming around to your place and they get well fed, they get well looked after, loved. Um, of course they obviously <laughs> get very loved, and uh, you know it's fantastic and it, and it makes it so much easier and and I think as you said you know it makes I think the kids so much easier you know they're they're happier they're less tired they've got more energy you know they're not as as scatty. Um, because they've had great food and then they've been really well nourished. So mm. I should I should publicly say thank you to you guys. Oh, you're welcome. So yeah. let's beautiful, talk about some beautiful little healthy bodies. It's just magic. Yeah, they're good little kids. Um, so let's talk about some recipes. I think people would love to hear some oh. of your recipes, Mum, because you do a great job with some stuff. But I mean, you cooked up for us on Christmas Day a fish dish that was absolutely delicious. That was your ocean trout. That was beautiful. Wasn't what was it? in that? Um, I marinated it first, you're going to test me now, in um, some olive oil and some garlic and a little bit of tamari sauce and um, just marinated that for about an hour and then just lined it on, laid it down on some alfoil and made a bit of a topping of, um, could I think what I put on it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it had lime, didn't it? It had lime and it had garlic and it had um, prosciutto's. And I'd have to think a little bit more. But it was really lovely. It was an hour in the oven and it was just divine. It was absolutely delicious. Mm. It was beautiful. We've already and done I it thought, again once since. It was so good. I thought it'd be a lot left over, but we managed to polish the mm. whole fish off. Do you remember so, who you got that recipe from? That, that was Fast Eddie. There you go. <laughs> Fast Eddie from the TV show, right? I just looked and went, that's pretty paleo, which just <laughs> goes to show whatever you do see in your recipe books, you yeah. can kind of convert. Because you probably used, what, soy sauce, right? And you converted it? Is that... I, uh, I didn't. I yeah. put tamari instead of soy yeah. sauce. So which is great. Just, Easy yeah. little substitution to make and away yeah. you go. That's right. It's, it's really not hard. It's really not far off your basic cooking that you normally mm. do. It's just tweaking it a little bit and you're definitely not going without flavour. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Like That's something that I know Pete Evans says all the time. He says that, you know, if you go to a really high-class restaurant, you know, they don't mm. use all those fillers. They don't use the breads and the pastas mm. and those sort of things because they have real quality mm. ingredients. They use the meats. They use the vegetables. They often use the offal or the, you know all those extra right. fancy ingredients or, or you know what we think is fancy ingredients are really just very basic ingredients but they, but they don't tend to have those fillers so it's not you know you don't have to miss out on the quality well i think too just growing some herbs in the backyard which is so easy like your basil and we've got a beautiful lot of meat going at the moment no, so when you've got your parsley your basil and that you can just go out walk out the back door and just grab a bunch and just smell it. Well, that's enough to keep you cooking, isn't it? It'll get you going. It just and then, of course, so is my um, alcohol-free mojito. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which so are pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So Dad's been making mojitos. And do you want to tell us what's in those? Well, what was there? Just mint to start with, cr- crushed, crushed ice and mint, um, coconut 
water, mm-hmm. um, a little tiny bit of tonic, um, but then mostly just uh, lemon. lemon, lemon, lime yeah. squeezed into it, and just using the, the lime nice. skins as a bit of a and added flavour to yeah. it. Beautiful. And, and just mixed up. It was perfect for summer. It's so yeah. refreshing. I mean, I do it without the tonic water, just because I don't really like tonic water, yep. and just do it with the coconut water, but it's equally delicious. Nice. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good one. Now, Dad, I know a big one for you is pancakes, because I did say that Mum cooked most of the meals growing up, but definitely a big one for you was always, you made the pancakes. That yep. was always your thing. And so moving away from doing your traditional wheat pancakes, I think probably was quite a big thing for you. Um, but you have moved away from that now, quite happily so, by the sound So We've picked up on the banana pancakes now, which are... Superb, aren't they? Uh, quick, quite easy, easy to make and uh, super easy. So you yeah. guys make them the same as me, I think, don't you? So it's like two eggs, one banana, one a little bit of vanilla essence, a little bit of cinnamon, and you're done. Just blend yeah. it up and away you go. And it is so easy and it is so delicious, isn't it? Peavy peavy. And the kids <laughs> love it. They're huge fans of that, aren't they? They come back for seconds. They're pretty happy. Yeah. Mm. So what else are your favourites? What do you guys like doing in the kitchen? Mm. What do you do most commonly? Love our whiting. Mm. Whiting's pretty mm. good. Dad yeah. still likes a few little breadcrumbs. I just do mine grilled, <laughs> but that's okay. Corn crumbs, wouldn't it? Yeah. Now we use. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I just have mine plain. I'm just trying to think. Well, I go through. I go through binges of trying <laughs> different things. Um, but we've gone away from the the a lot of the um, potato, like mashed potato, and mm. and all those we sort of things we used to have. Now. I think. As you get older, too, it, your lifestyle changes a bit where you don't look for all these great heavy foods. To, mm. There's so much lighter stuff out there. Well, you guys do eat quite lightly now. That's one thing I've noticed is probably quantity of food you tend to eat quite a lot less. I wonder whether that's just as you're getting a little bit older or if it's because you think – do you think it's because the food you're eating has changed so you're you're getting more full because you're eating more oh, of those I think nutritious you're foods? eating more veggies that – um, once you move away from the wheat and you eat more veggies, you feel more satisfied. Mm. So I, I personally feel a lot of it's to do with um, people fill themselves, themselves up with such heavy food, which expands their stomachs to the point where they need to ever keep increasing the, the amount of food they eat. You know? Whereas I think we've gone the other way where we're almost – Shrinking our stomachs, I think, in the other direction, the food we eat fills us up. Well, I think the carbs make you hungrier. You eat it, yeah. and then when you finish, you still feel like you need to eat it. Whereas when you're eating more substantial food with, you know, sweet potato and veggies and salads, that you don't really look for extras afterwards. Whereas when you eat pasta and wheat, you're always feeling hungry. There's, you have that high and low thing. There's cravings as well, mm. aren't there? When those, those mm. foods, some of those foods, particularly the sugar and the wheat, can be really addictive. Mm. And so once you do have that, then it makes, it, it makes you crave more and more. I think the breakfast has been fairly big too. We, mm. we do scrambled yeah. eggs and, and bacon. And this morning we actually just did bacon and we just sliced up mango. some mango. Mm. And that was just lovely. Well, I can, I can certainly remember growing up being... Wheat bix being massive in our house, we wheat would have the, at least three wheat bix <laughs> with milk, and then absolutely smothered in sugar. Yeah, like I can remember just getting like a tablespoon mm. and just smothering sugar, like you know, half a centimeter thick, all over the top of the wheat bix. 
And that was that was not and an uncommon practice. There's probably lots of families that still do that. Yeah, and it was almost preached back then that you you weren't a growing man unless you, you needed that, that energy for speech. four or five <laughs> week weeks or yeah, yeah. at least. Mm. At least you those ads, wasn't it? How many do you do? Oh yeah, yeah. that was a big thing. So all right, so just we're almost out of time here, but oh. one last little thing I reckon is that I think there'll be a lot of people listening to this podcast who do have probably parents particularly who perhaps are of that, maybe of your generation, maybe of an older generation, who they would like to change. And I think sometimes it can be really hard for people to change. You know, they've been eating a certain way. They've got habits they've developed Mm -hmm. over such a long time. You know, we can be talking 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. You know, they may have been eating that certain way. And and it can be really hard for them to change, and, and they may not want to change. But what advice would you have for people who do have parents who they might like to Try and get to start making some change. I think the best thing you can do is invite them around for a meal and just don't say anything. Just <laughs> serve up the food that you're eating now and then they'll go, oh, my God, what was that? That tasted really good. And then they kind of just slowly, slowly are introduced to eating a, a better way of food. And I think, yeah, lead by example and they follow because they realise that was really nice it looks nice it tastes nice that's all you want isn't it if food looks good and actually tastes good you don't have to tell them it's yeah. healthy yeah because yeah they're already one we're letting dad in on our secrets now aren't we yeah that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon that for people who want their people in their life to make change simply look at their children coming out of supermarkets with their overweight bodies and stuffing down but this was more about the parents how do you help parents well take a good look at their children. I mean, that's the scariest part for me. That's what makes you think? Absolutely. Mm. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, guys. I know you two are both a bit uh, nervous and perhaps sceptical about coming on the show. I've decided the things you do for your children is (laughs) unbelievable. (laughs) Well, thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure. It's been a fun episode, and I think people are going to really like this. I look forward to hearing the, the feedback and the comments on Facebook and iTunes and all those places. So... Until next week, join the conversation on Facebook, give us a five-star rating on iTunes, join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com, and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Catch podcast brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on The Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering the Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torps, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch for your free audiobook. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.